Jack's been forced to cut less things ever since he lost his weapon, but that's all about to change. He goes on a journey as Ashi protects him from some goblins. She better be careful not to get herself cut on a spear. I might say no thanks to this fight, but Ashi would say bring it on. She strikes those goblins down into the clay more times than I can count. Will Jack reclaim his glory and his classic falchion style? Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Back to the cast. Gotta recap. It is episode 98. Brendan, every time I'm reading these episode titles now, when it says like 98, 97 last week, I am thinking of them as the years like 1998. Oh. <laughs> I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm. It's it's kind of transforming into, yeah, like the years in a way that it didn't do that when it was, you know. Episode 22, episode 41. Well, probably because you don't have a strong association with those years. Uh, you don't know how old I am. Although I guess you do, because I've mentioned it several I times do. before. I do. You constantly <laughs> bring it up. Yes, that's true. <laughs> More than is necessary. Uh, yes, episode 98. Nick Montagani, I'm here with Brendan Riley. Brendan, a pleasure to be podcasting with you today. Yes, I'm glad to be back. I am also glad to be back. Sorry to everyone that we took a week off. Um... It's funny because Brendan and I had explicitly mentioned to each other over and over again how much we did not want to take a week off in season five. Mm. We just wanted to cruise all the way through. Uh, that didn't happen. No, we were we were doing so well. And then, you know, life hits you. Life hits you. Uh, you know, Brendan and I were both overcome with an illness. I don't know. You don't have to talk about it. Um, Strange illness. <laughs> it's new, I think. It's a thing people have talked about for approximately two and a half years. We don't have to even get into it, really. Um, we're doing much better now. Yep. At least I am. I don't want to speak for you, Brendan. You look. Oh yeah. Yeah. You look healthy as a horse. Well, thank you. <laughs> you I feel. I feel much better. Uh, it was only a few days for me, really. Same. Yeah. yeah. Not too bad. Um, but we're feeling all right. But you know, when when you get sick, it's a good time to catch up on. You know, TV shows you might not have seen, uh, video games you might not have played. Um, Brendan, did you did you spend your sick time sort of catching up on, on anything you were meaning to get to and finally got the chance? Uh, well, when I was really sick, no. I spent the time lying in bed with, like, GDQ videos playing. Uh, Interesting. Trying to sleep with them screaming in my ears. <laughs> not a good strategy. <laughs> not a great, I've done the exact same plan, thing no. before. Yeah, you can't do it. <laughs> Uh, but no, I didn't really do that much. But then I was feeling a little better and picked up the new Saints Row, and I'm having a good time with that. You enjoying it? I know that some people online are. I not. am. Yeah, I've mostly avoided the discourse, so I don't know what most of the complaints are about. I had heard Lies. one about like shopkeepers not being able to rob them, but that doesn't matter to me if that mm -hmm. is even a problem that people have. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. It's a good time. Does it feel like a 
like a worthy kind of reboot. I know that some people kind of get upset, like, oh, they're straying too far from the original vision or something. Does it seem like evolving on that concept in like a good solid way? I think so, yeah. Um, I like that it's a new map. I think the first four games were all the same map, uh, which makes sense because you're always in the same city. Uh, But this is like a different part of the country now. Um, It's like a very modern um, in terms of like what the characters talk about and what they do. Uh, Not so much in terms of like how the game feels. It does feel like an older style of open world. But yeah, no, I kind of like the reboot. I like that they're able to step back from how insanely wacky the game's got. Oh, it got off the rails, baby. Oh, yeah, like way off the rails. Uh, so they they really reined it all back in for this one. Uh, and I think it worked worked fine. That's good. I don't think I've ever played a Saints Row, so I might I might sit this one out unless it goes on some kind of crazy discount. Then I might yeah. hop in, check it out. Yeah, it probably will at some point, I'm sure. Um, I ended up getting the bundle that came with a remaster of Saints Row 3, which nice. was the best of the original ones. That's my understanding. Yeah, people have a fondness for the third one, and not so much of a fondness for the fourth one, I think. No, uh, the fourth one, and then Gat Out of Hell, which is like, I wouldn't say it's like a full installment, I think it's like a shorter form version of the game, but you're like a yeah. demon in hell, and you can fly around and shit, and it's it's just like, what are we doing? This is no it's, longer <laughs> the kind on of On paper, game. that sounds really cool. It does, but like when you try to pair it with a wacky GTA clone, it doesn't eh. work that well. That's a letdown. Well, hopefully they won't if they're really recommitting to the franchise, hopefully they won't let it get to that point again. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm not convinced no, that they won't I, do that. I think it, I think it still will if they continue doing it. I think because the the way that the game works is it's constantly ramping up in in how insane and wacky everything is. So like, sure, eventually it just gets to a point where it's a lot. Um, yep. Although the, the dialogue isn't as like Borderlands meme heavy as I kind of expected it might be. Thank Which is God. very good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a miracle. Your character is still the same, like, psychopath that they were in the other games where they're like, I just love killing so much. But all your, like, friends are much more, like, reined in, kind of more like real people, mm-hmm. but still obviously like parodies of real people. But interesting. Well, yeah. I'm glad to hear you're having a good time. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'll probably finish it. Um, I'm going to do all like the side stuff, get my criminal empire nice. maxed out. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah. So what have I been up to? I brief TV reviews, Brendan. I've done a little TV catching up, mm-hmm. which is something I don't do a lot of. I My TV consumption these days mostly consists of episodes of Samurai Jack. Yep. Um, but I did take a little bit of time this week to catch up on some things I've been meaning to watch. Uh, I watched that show, Our Flag Means Death. Are you familiar with this at all? No. It is a HBO Max original uh, that stars um, Reese Darby. Do you know Reese Darby? Nope. Have you seen Flight of the Concords? I have. You know their band manager who works in the office? Him. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And it is a a historical piece. It's, It's actually a romantic comedy um, that is retelling the story of the gentleman pirate Steed Bonnet, who was an uh-huh. actual pirate um, in like 1717 or something, um, who was just like a rich guy who left his life with his family to become a pirate um, and ended up running into Blackbeard along the way. Um, and Blackbeard 
is played by Taika Waititi, who is also uh, the executive producer of the show. Um, so it's kind of got his sense of humor. If you've ever seen like Jojo Rabbit or like other um, stuff that he's been in Thor uh, Ragnarok, I guess. But it's I not really that. to that point. Yeah, um, okay. Is Jojo Rabbit the one with like the Hitler Youth summer camp? Yes, that's correct. I haven't seen that. Um, it, I hear good, good things, though. Yeah. yeah, definitely worth checking that one out. But this show is good. It's 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 telling what is a true story of how these two actual pirates like partnered up together for a time, um, which seems very weird because Blackbeard, of course, is like the most famous pirate. And then this gentleman pirate was like a random guy who decided to be a pirate. Yeah. Um, but kind of the whole shtick like of this show is is that they're saying, well, maybe they spent so much time together because they fell in love. <laughs> okay. And then you kind of explore that whole relationship and everything that goes with it. And it's actually, it's a very good show. It's, it's, I had a very good time watching it. I might have to check it out. I did cancel my HBO subscription. Got it. But maybe I'll check it out. It's fun. Yeah, definitely worth a watch. Uh, I also watched all of Smiling Friends, which I know is a show. Oh, hell yeah. Today. Did you watch the uh, the newer one, too? The uh where they, the go, where they go to Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did. What a bait and switch. I that love that. <laughs> the whole time uh, I was like, this is like a nightmare. Like, this is something that I have had nightmares about. <laughs> this exact scenario. Yeah. Like, oh, no. What have, what have we done? And then they just never stray from that in that entire episode, which I think yeah. is very funny. It's very good. Yeah. Smiling Friends. It's good. It's just very odd. It's like a very odd show. Which is what makes it so great. Yep. It's um it's a bunch of YouTube animators that kind of all got together and like YouTube uh content creators like mostly around like the video game scene. Sure. Uh like the one of the main characters is a staple on a show called Oni Plays, which is like uh the game grumps, but more crude, I would say. Okay. Um that would be the Zach, I think he plays um the yellow guy. I can't remember his name right now, though. I can't either. And I just watched the show. It's Pim and Charlie. His Charlie. Plays Charlie. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, and then Meat Canyon, who you might know, does all like the really disturbing like parodies of children's cartoons. He, uh, I think, designed the boss character. Oh, God. Yeah. That guy's um, the worst. Yeah. So it's just a bunch of different people. It's very funny. Interesting. Um, yeah, that show is it's. Very strange. It's very, very funny at points. I think my favorite episode is probably the one where they go to like the mystical forest and they end up going <laughs> on all the quests and Charlie just becomes like the savior of the realm. Yeah. Um, Pim becomes like a golem character and the, yeah. the the hobbit they're following around is in the style of the old Lord of the Rings cartoon. Yeah. That's a very funny episode. Yeah. Um, I think one thing I really like about that show, though, is you know how on SpongeBob, like a lot of the time they'll have hyper realistic shots of the characters as like a one-time sight gag mm -hmm. like squidward like pointing to his face like do i look like i'm joking and it's like a very hyper realistic disgusting drawing of him yeah they do that a lot on smiling friends yeah yeah they do and just like the mixture of different animation styles throughout the show too like what's the yeah. the 3d guy oh god 3d nelson or something i think was his name <laughs> The like crying yeah. kid in the boo hoo hoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, God, what a bizarre show! But now I've seen all of that, so that's exciting. The only other thing I wanted to mention to you, Brendan, I've watched the two episodes that have been released so far of the Lord of the Rings: The Rings of Power. Ooh, uh, how are you feeling about it? 
I'm feeling okay. Uh, I'm into it. Yeah. Well, that's Have you bad. watched any of it? No, I don't really like Lord of the Rings, though. Got it. To be Got fair. It. I am a huge Lord of the Rings fan, not so much of a fan of the Hobbit movies. I think they're fine. They're just a little bit too CGI at yeah. points. Um, but this Rings of Power is, if if anything, it's it's just a very pretty show to look at. Like, I think a lot of the marketing has said, like, it's the most expensive show ever made, which doesn't make a show good. No. Um, but... It definitely shows in like I the believe quality. that too, though. I think at the time, the movies were like the most expensive movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense. And you would think like Amazon would want to pour everything yeah. they could into this. And I mean, they've so. been really trying to push it. I logged into Amazon the other day to watch uh, Clerks. Um, <laughs> and there was a huge like, I had to sit through an animation of the title screen for uh. that new show. Before it would let me get to like what I wanted to do. What a humongous pain in the ass. Yeah, which also put me off for a bit. I was like, get out of here with this. Like, Yeah, that's fair. I totally understand that. Um, but maybe I'll check it out. I do have Amazon Prime, so I could do that anytime. It's, I mean, if you enjoyed, well, I mean, we've talked about it. But I guess if you enjoyed parts of Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. um you will probably enjoy this show. I mean, it's still very early stages, so like not a lot has happened so far, but I feel like they're not really relying too heavily on like fan servicey stuff. There are some characters that were like in the movies, um, some familiar things that they call back to. Really? But, like it's, you don't have to have like a humongous knowledge. I feel like you don't have to have a humongous knowledge of the Lord of the Rings movies or books or like that world in general, going into it, like if you're not a huge fan of it, I think you can still get something out and of this. And they just, will like, give you cool what you fantasy. Need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is it set like before the Lord of the Rings, like when the rings are forged? Is that what like the premise is? I think yes. It's it's before all the rings of power have been forged. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that is going to be kind of the plot of the show. Is like the forging of the rings of power. I mean, that is also the name of the show. Kind of just like an expansion on the intro of the first movie, where they give you like the quick rundown. Yeah, up yeah. To that, but like, even big battle, even further beyond that, and I feel like it's focusing a lot on like the individual like races of of. People living in the world, like, you spend a lot of time with the elves and, like, let's hop over what the humans are doing. And, oh, now, like, the dwarves and the elves are hanging out. And then also the hobbits have, like, their thing going on. So it's it's kind of cool. So it's not, like, start of the world. It's not, like, the Silmarillion kind of stuff. But it is it is before Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I would call it worth a watch. Maybe I'll check it out. If only for the spectacle of it all. Because, again, most expensive show ever made, and it definitely shows. It shows, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I don't think I will be watching the Game of Thrones show that's been going on right now. The House of Dragons or something like that? Although maybe I should. You know, if I'm getting something out of this, like, maybe I will get something out of that. It's just such such a bad taste. Well, the problem with Game of Thrones was when they ran out of source material. So is a show that's based entirely... Off of nothing going to be any good. But maybe that is good because they're not trying to work towards people's expectations. Maybe. Of like, this is how it all has to end. They can just kind of do. Well, no, they, they still are because it's a prequel series. Yeah. So, like, we know where it has to end. In fact, better than in the original <laughs> series. That's true. I suppose you're right. <laughs> but they're not like taking they're taking like 
a family and expanding yeah. on it, but they're not taking like characters that have been set up over many seasons. And yeah. then, like, how do we give them the satisfying ending? Or you whatever. know, what really sucks is that it's going to end the same exact way because that's the point is that yep. Daenerys went crazy. Like uh, her father did. That's true. We already can kind of draw the line. So, there. <laughs> so we know that he has to go crazy and try to burn down the city. And then Jamie <laughs> kills him. Well, it went so well for them the first time. I can see why they would want to make an entirely second TV show with the same exact issues. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I don't know, though. I'll wait. I'll wait uh, a season and see how people feel about it. And That's where I'm at. Yeah. Maybe I'll I'm check gonna, it out. I'm going to let the public decide what my next steps will be as far yeah. as that show. Because <laughs> I took a long time to even get into Game of Thrones, uh, which was probably kind of a bummer because I missed out on most of the hype. Yeah. I, think, I think I came in in season three or four. That's about where I jumped on too. So I at least got to have like the hype of when it was still a little bit good and yeah. then also got to be along for when it got really bad. Yeah, uh, I think I was more resistant to saying it was getting bad though than other people were because I hadn't been following it so long and I wanted it to be good still. So I was like, no, it's not It's not too bad. <laughs> like when they drag the, the dragon's corpse out of the, the, uh, the lake, it's around uh, the time right. that all my friends were like, oh no. I was like, no, uh, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. This is fine. Did it feel good to let it go? It did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About halfway through the final season, I was like, <laughs> all right. I, yeah, I see. <laughs> oh, man, what a disaster. Brendan, we can't spend our entire podcast <laughs> talking about how bad the ending of Game of Thrones was. We've done that so many times before. We, we have. We, we got to let it go. <laughs> That's all right. We will uh, perhaps revisit that topic at a future date. I'm sure that we will. We can't help ourselves. Uh, before we do that, though, Brendan, we simply must recap episode 98 of Samurai Jack. Let's do it. Episode 98 of Samurai Jack. Brendan, um, somebody has added episode titles and synopses to the official Wikipedia page of list of Samurai Jack episodes. For, for these. For season five of Samurai Jack. Um, which don't have official titles. That is correct. I, I went on the Samurai Jack wiki to see if there had been some kind of announcement or something. Uh, no, they for some reason, somebody has taken it upon themselves to add these unofficial titles, the suggested titles that I think they're pulling from the Samurai Jack wiki. Uh, take those titles and plug them into the official Wikipedia article. Of course, anyone can do that. That is Wikipedia. Mm. Um, but that was something that was not previous. It was not there previously on the Samurai Jack list of episodes Wikipedia mm. page, and it is now there. Uh, I'm not going to read the titles, but um, whoever did that, I think you fucked up. You shouldn't have done that. Um, well, you know what? I don't think it's really any different from the rest of the series, which also didn't uh, have titles. It's just not true, Brendan. It's just not true. <laughs> they, you could say it as much as you want, those but it's titles just were not made true. up by fans. None of the episodes in this show have titles. They all do, except for these ones, which <laughs> now have titles. <laughs> And they shouldn't, because they're also bad titles. <laughs> but to be fair, a lot of the official titles were also bad titles. They're I mean, we could bad, talk yeah. about Jack the Monks and the Ancient Master's Son <laughs> as much as we want to. I knew, I knew. That's always the go-to. It's just the worst one. I think it's the worst one. Um, it's up there with Jack and the Woolies and the Critchulites. Jack the Woolies and the Critchulites is also a really bad one. Um, they got to simplify. Jack in space mm -hmm. tells you everything you need. Everything to know. you need to know. Yep. Yeah. They've really messed up the Wikipedia article. I'm really only going there to give get the dates 
for the episodes. This one, of course, April 29th, 2017. Mm-hmm. So at least I've still got that useful info, but now it's just cluttered. <laughs> I'm going to have to check it out and see what they put. We're going to have to call the Wikipedia police and yeah, get them on it. Yeah. Clean, clean that shit up. And they're going to be like, we noticed you haven't donated in five years. <laughs> Can I inundate you with these advertisements? <laughs> if everyone on here only left one penny, we'd be rich. Well, too bad that's not ever going to happen, Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe people should. I don't, you know, I've never done it and I'm not going to. Maybe they should, but, you know, <laughs> what? I haven't either. Uh, thank you, Wikipedia, for everything you've done, but we've done nothing for you. And it will mm-hmm. remain that way. Brendan, let's talk about Samurai Jack. Let's do it. Here we go. Samurai Jack is walking along a rocky cliff on a mountainside. Only it's not the Samurai Jack that we've seen in recent episodes. We are looking at classic vintage Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. This is your grandpappy's Samurai <laughs> Jack. He's all tidy and clean shaven, wearing his familiar white gi. And uh, most importantly, he is carrying his sword, mm-hmm. which, of course, we know he does not have. So we're so, very much clued into this is a flashback. Yep, we know something's going on here. This doesn't seem right, although it is kind of weird to think about how used to the like messy modern day version of Jack we have become by now. Like it was such a shock in episode one. And now we're like, oh, yeah, this is just this is just Jack. Just who he is. His his original design in the new art style actually looks a bit weird now. Doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Something about it feels off because it looks like too nice. I th- yeah, I think his proportions are different than they used to be. We, and we talked about that before, how like new uh, Shaggy Jack is like more muscular than old Jack was. But I right. don't think that's quite the problem. I think is, is he's like he looks taller or his head is bigger than it used to be or something. There's something, yeah, there's, there's something there. something different about him, which, you know, is fine. Uh, it's but, been, it's but been 13 years, yeah. so. Um, yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Um, but we're looking at him in this flashback sequence, and he stops walking as he hears something behind him. And he turns around, and there's this cute little baby ram staring up at him. Yep. Little fuzzy creature. It's adorable. I love it. I will I will kill anyone who tries to harm this ram. <laughs> anyone who tries to harm this ram. Anyone Brendan at will, all. <laughs> Brendan will harm. Um, no, this ram's going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> uh, Jack, he asks the ram. <laughs> he just asks this little baby ram if there's a time portal at the top of the mountain to which it cocks its head and is like, eh? it's kind yeah. of a weird thing for him to do. Yeah, I don't know why he thought that it would be able to talk to him. <laughs> I mean, as it turns out, he was kind of doing the right thing. But in the moment, it was a little strange. Um, Jack pretty much talks to himself and says, you know, he's worried that Aku to this point has destroyed all of the time portals on Earth. He feels like he's running out of options. Mm -hmm. He keeps walking along and that baby ram follows him. Then he walks by some more rams. And then there's a line of three rams that are following him all the way up to the top of this tall, twisty mountain that's mm-hmm. reaching up into the clouds. It's adorable. It's very, very cute. I love these little guys. I hope they're going to be okay. <laughs> um, he reaches the summit, and it's this large plateau that's covered in these tall stone monoliths. And he's studying them for a moment, and he sees 
on one of these monoliths, the engraving of a ram's face. This actually kind of worried me at first. I was like, oh, no. Are these rams like I because I've been playing Cult of the Lamb. So I was like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, I see where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brendan, it's going to be fine. <coughs> yeah, luckily, that's not what happens. No, no, far from it. He looks down and uh, all three of those rams are staring up at him. And one walks off and kind of looks expectantly at Jack and he follows it. They turn a corner and boom, Brendan, there's a big ass swirling black and white time portal sitting unguarded in the middle of the floor. Uh, I think the only time portal we've seen since episode one that has that look too, like the black and white. I don't, I'm not sure. We did, uh, the one in the Aku infection was the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in that cave, I think, also had a black and white swirling pattern. Oh, did it? I, I thought it was just like a blue glow, like most of the other ones we'd seen. Some of them, yeah, there there are different patterns. But I think we have seen this, when we see the black and white swirling spirally pattern, that's that's our clue yeah. to know that this is, yeah, Time Portal City. This is the legit one that we need, yeah. Yeah, this is going to send him where he needs to go. Um, yep, sure enough. His instincts were correct, and these rams led him straight to what he asked them for, a big-ass time portal just sitting there. Yep. And then he does the thing that he should have done every single time every he saw a time portal. Every single time. <laughs> including the aforementioned Jack, the monks, and the ancient master's <laughs> son, where he had an opportunity to leap into a time portal, but went back to save the people. We talked about the time paradoxes that Jack really shouldn't have worried about so much. Yeah, yep. He totally blew it that time. But not this time. This time he's going for it. (laughs) This time he's just sending it. He leaps in the air and plunges straight into that portal. And Brendan, Jack did it. He hopped in the time portal. He's heading back home. He's going back home. Hell yeah. We're going to fight Aku now. We're going to end all of this suffering. Jack is going to fulfill the mission. Uh, He is literally flying through that same exact kind of like black and white tunnel that had sent him to the future originally. So, yeah, this is very much one to one, this tunnel to that time tunnel. But this time Jack is not like writhing in agonizing pain, but instead he has a big ass grin on his face. He's so excited. He's doing it. He's fulfilling the mission. We're happy for him. This is the end of Samurai Jack. (laughs) Um, He does not get very far down this swirling time tunnel before a black hand reaches into this space and plucks him all the way back out through the portal back into the future on the top of this mountain. Brendan, I think this is such bullshit. I kind of, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I kind of uh, like Who could just though. fucking do that? He could just do that. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. That sucks so bad. I didn't know how, then how is Jack ever supposed to succeed? Uh, I don't know, like, that that just has me questioning, like, the physics of the time tunnel thing. Me too. Yeah, where is Jack in relation? Is he in, like, like a a different (laughs) space? Like, is he in different, like, what is happening? And he has to, like, travel a certain distance through this space to go back in time? That's what doesn't make any sense, because, of course, when Jack was sent to the future in episode one, it was just, like, a little three-ring sonar thing that, like, popped out of Aku's mouth and just barely enveloped Jack. And then he was sent through the same kind of tunnel. But in this, yeah, it does seem like it's a large physical space that anyone can actually reach into. Yeah, I'm, uh, that's, that's I what I'm confused bullshit. about. I'm so mad about it. <laughs> I'm not mad that Aku shows up and plucks him out. I'm just no. confused about the way that that works. It just makes the whole thing seem a little futile. Yeah, yeah. 
But in any case, <laughs> Jack's mission is not over. Aku is here to thwart those plans yet again. Uh, Aku flings Jack away and he laughs and he goes, ooh, that was a close one. Brendan and I would be willing to call this the best Greg Baldwin performance yet. Would you say the same? Um, I don't know. I think he did pretty good. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, I think when I, I, it's another instance of him trying to do the 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 boisterous Aku voice, which doesn't always land for me. I think he's much better at like just the Aku regular talking. But I think this was a very good. Uh, it didn't feel as weird as the first time I heard him do it. We're getting used to it, too, which I think yeah. is part of it. Um, but I was I was pretty impressed by this particular performance. I'm like, all right, he's starting to find it. I yeah. think. Yep. Um, Jack does not pay Aku any mind and makes another dash towards the portal. But Aku's laser eyes light up and he blasts that portal with a big old laser beam. And there's a cloud of smoke. And once it subsides, the portal is gone and there's just a big hole in the ground. Yep. Which, again, yep. I'm very confused <laughs> about the physics of this portal. <laughs> I don't understand. I really don't understand. <laughs> Was it the rock structure, like the, the the specific rocks immediately touching the portal that we're doing it? Or apparently you can just blow it up. Yeah, it's like uh, digging out a uh, like a, a golf hole, like a, mm. just take out all the dirt around it and it's no longer <laughs> the golf hole. <laughs> like, Oh, I just don't know. Um, there's a lot of questions that I have about stuff that happens in this episode. Um, Aku says to Jack, fun fact, he says, this was actually the very last time portal and I've just destroyed it. There are none left, mm -hmm. which we know was a belief that Jack and Aku have held for a long time, you know, based on yep. our, our future interactions with them after this, this moment in time. Uh, but Aku confirms it. All of the time portals are gone. I still wonder if that's true though. Like would Aku... Couldn't he just say that any time he destroys a time portal? Couldn't he have just done that long ago and been like, ah, oh, that was the last one. There's no more. And Jack would have just given up. <laughs> like He could have done that. Aku is a devilish trickster. But it, I mean, Jack also seems to have some inkling that like he's running out of time portals. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder if Aku and Jack, like I wonder if Aku just knows about all of the time portals. That exists. Does he literally have like a, a list of like every single one of them? So now he would know this is the very last one. I guess he has to if he's making he this must, proclamation. Yeah. Yeah. He, he must have some sort of information, which but then why wouldn't he have just destroyed them? Why does he wait till Jack shows up? Is yeah, he it, could have just gone one by one. Is it just to be like annoying to Jack, like to, to let him get that hey, close? Like that's in his character, baby. It is. It is. <laughs> he definitely would do something as petty as that. <laughs> this is Aku we're talking about. Um, but sure enough, he laughs at Jack. That's the last one. Jack growls like he's trying to go Super Saiyan. He really is frustrated. Yeah. Uh, Aku continues laughing at him and Jack completely loses his cool and starts wildly attacking Aku. Um, Aku dodges those attacks and he's about to leave, uh, but his eyes light up and he turns those three cute little baby rams into large, monstrous beasts. Not so cute anymore, eh? Nope. Uh, and could he always do that? Is Probably. Like, he, could, he could just take any creature on Earth and turn it into a monster. <laughs> turn it into something nasty. Yeah, I would believe that's within Aku's powers. Yeah, just weird that it never happened before. <laughs> that's true. Hey, it's season five, baby. He's pulling out <laughs> all the stops. Um, 
These beasts run at Jack, and in his blinding rage, Jack leaps into battle with them. He slices into one of the ram's heads, and blood starts spraying out everywhere, and then the thing falls over dead. Mm -hmm. So, right now, I mean, we're going to pay this off in a minute, but, like, knowing what the true nature of these creatures actually is, like, Brendan, does it seem to me, does it seem to you like it seems to me that Jack is breaking the rules of his sword yet again? Yes, it does. Uh, it does. In a way that I, I absolutely hate. And they, uh, like you said, we pay it off. It, 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 it does get resolved in a way that kind of fits the rules of the sword. Yes. But it shouldn't have even been allowed to get as far as it did. I, that's that's my problem too is like if we know that it literally can't harm an innocent like it shouldn't have been able to do this but maybe for this brief moment in time these things are not innocents because they've yeah. been turned into monsters I'm not sure <clears throat> but if that's the case then why is he punished for it afterward yeah it does it like the rules of the sword do kind of backfire on Jack in a minute here but yeah the the, the fact that he was even able to perform the act Makes it confusing. Uh, I yeah. don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of wackiness, but, you know, I guess fine. We'll let it go. It's going to be okay. Um, Yes, he, he meets another one of these rams in midair over that giant pit that was left behind by the laser blast. And he plunges his sword into its head and then it falls into the pit. Mm -hmm. And then the last one charges at Jack. And he flips through the air and stabs it in the head as well. He's standing on top of its back with his sword plunged in his head like Shadow of the Colossus. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the exact same thing. I think there is literally like a ram or like a bull boss in that game. There I'm is. Sure. Yep. Yeah, the, the 13th Colossus. <laughs> All right, Brendan, you fucking dork. We both made the same reference, so I can't call you out for that. Um, Yes, he's killed this one as well. And, uh, it lets out a big roar, but then it starts to shrink and Jack's face sinks as he's now standing over the slain body of a cute little baby ram with his sword stuck in its skull. In a pool of blood all around it. It's really uh, fucked up. It's horrific. He looks over, he sees the other baby ram is also dead because he cut its head open. It's like really a terrible thing that he's done. Yeah. Um, He feels bad about it too. He drops his sword and it rattles across the floor right up to the edge of that big pit. And now this is the point where we kind of realize what specific significant historical event we're witnessing in the canon mm -hmm. of Samurai Jack. Yep. This is where they really like put the neon signs up and go, this is the moment. This is it. You, uh, you kind of knew, knew already, though, given that you knew what this episode was going to be about going exactly. into it. Yeah. So. Now we're getting the history of kind of what happened. Oh, I think it's also important to note that one of the Rams headbutts him and his shirt disintegrates at <laughs> one point. True. You know what? Thank you. You. <laughs> I, it is important to note that we need that on the record here. So. Um, and yes. I bring it up, I think, mostly because in the sequence, I don't know if it's in the intro to the, every episode because I didn't I don't watch the intro every week. But I know that in the first episode of the season, we see the moment when he loses his sword. And I'm pretty sure he's in his full gi. Uh, I don't recall. I don't think we see it at the beginning of every episode, but we did see it at one point. Yeah. Which was episode one. Episode one. And he reaches for it as it goes over, which does happen. But I'm pretty right. sure he didn't. He wasn't missing his shirt. He might have been. Though. 
I would have to go back and look. I can't recall. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll double check it, too. But I'm pretty sure uh, he was wearing it. And it just seems like a little weird bit uh, of continuity, considering it was only <laughs> seven episodes ago that they did it. Or maybe, you know, Jack is having the memory of losing his sword, but his memory is a little fuzzy. So he's misremembering. Oh, yeah, that could be it. That could be it. Because also in his memory of that, when we saw it in episode one, wasn't the whole scene kind of cast in like a blue light or something? I think so, yeah. And that's very much not the case in this no. like m- scene that we're witnessing where the actual event happens. It's a very warm color palette for this scene. I don't know, Brendan. I, I would have to go back and take a look at that. You could be right, though. I'm going to have to check it out. Yep. Because I saw him lose the shirt and I was like, wait a minute. Do we have another Jack's? shoes situation we going could, on here. We could. God damn it. <laughs> I actually think this would be less egregious than the shoes yeah, that would thing. Be, that would be totally fine. <laughs> that would be totally fine. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Or maybe not. I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Jack falls to his knees and he can't believe what he's done. There's a very good uh, Jack in agony face that he does. Yep. Which looks very much like the angry Jack, like, uh, that's been haunting him. It does look very much like that. Maybe this was the genesis of those feelings. I'm sure it probably was. This was yeah. like the lowest moment for him. I think so. that was, I think that was intentional that they did that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. Um, yeah, he's, he's kneeling over this dead ram that he's killed. And one of those monoliths starts to fall towards him and he leaps out of the way and looks to his sword and it's starting to fall off the edge. And just like you said, he lunges for it and tries to grab it, but it slips away and plummets into that dark pit in the mountain out of sight. Mm-hmm. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Gone forever. We'll never see that one again. Um, cuts to modern day. And Jack was describing these exact same events that we saw. He was describing them to Ashi, And they're flying on the back of a <laughs> gigantic magnificent pigeon. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a cockatoo almost. It's really funny. Like thinking about like Lord of the Rings, like the whole meme is like, Oh, they could have rode the Eagles all the way to the mountain and just saved themselves so much time. And like, this is the same kind of creature, but it's like a pigeon. It's yeah. very much like a, like a very common bird. It's not majestic. It's just huge. It's just a big bird. Yeah. It's adorable. <laughs> it's very good. Um, They're riding on it, and they're approaching that same tall mountain that we just saw. Uh, It's on the horizon, and they fly up to the top of that mountain, and the pigeon descends down into that big dark pit. And uh, there's a few camera fades that occur that suggests it's taking a hell of a long time for them to make their way down this big hole. Mm -hmm. Like, they even stop to make camp, like, overnight. Yeah, uh, apparently it goes all the way down, like, into the earth. Which kind of makes sense, I guess, if it was a really long time portal that he had to destroy. Like, I'm that confused is about the time true. portal. <laughs> yeah, maybe this, the inside of this mountain exists in a different space than, like, the exterior, which is still very tall, but this is, like, an absurdly, like, humongous, yeah. long. It doesn't I take them all sure. day to fly up the mountain. No, they do that very quickly. Mm-hmm. A couple times, in fact. <laughs> Several times, and also characters run up the mountain in, yeah, in very quick quickly. amounts of time <laughs> at the end of the episode. Yeah, I don't know. More questions. Um, they fly for a very long time, and they finally reach the bottom of this giant pit. And you wonder if Jack, when he was 
looking for his sword. You wonder if he ever made it this far down before. I like think he said something that implied that he did. But oh, yeah. but it's never really confirmed. But he says like he couldn't find it. And I don't imagine that he would have got halfway down the pit and then given up. And it just been stopped. Like, yeah. And I would believe, yeah, Jack would literally like climb his way all the way down, then climb his way. All then the way climb back, back out. Yeah. He's got nothing else going on. Um, yes, they they reach the bottom and they search around uh, with their torches. They don't see anything on the ground except for the skull and bones of another one of those baby rams. Yep. And Jack is real sad about it for a second. Yeah, it's still here just to torture him. Like, look what you did. Yeah, it's fucked up. Uh, although I am a little disappointed that it didn't have a big hole in its skull. Um, That's true. Just make it as graphic as possible. Yeah, just really drive it home like you did this. Uh, what I think is funny about the scene is the way they're using torches like flashlights. Like yeah. they're they're turning them around the scene in like a circle of light on the ground. Like they're they're directing the light from this torch. That's not how torches work. No, it works that way. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> they call flashlights torches across the pond. They do, yep. So what's the difference? Uh, those are flashlights. <laughs> but also, it's the year 3000-something. Shouldn't they just <laughs> fucking have flashlights? They probably should, yeah. Why don't they just have flashlights? I don't, you know, I don't know. It's Jack. He wouldn't bother with something like that. But Ashi is a modern woman, although she's never been Not introduced really, to though, the yeah. outside technology. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. Oh, well, I just thought that was a funny little bit that they did. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, that's not really the way that it works. Torches do not cast directional light. Well, they do in this scene. They're shining right down on that baby ram skull. And <laughs> Jack looks down on it, and he has a total look of shame. It's not here. Could someone else have taken it? No. I realize now that I did not lose the sword. But the sword left me. So, Brendan, there's not really any sword to actually recover. It's just straight up gone. Yeah, like it faded out of existence or something on the way down the pit. Yeah, which would make sense if Jack, since Jack had very much like violated the rules of the sword and kind of like the whole purpose of why it exists. You know, if we consider it's made from the power of human righteousness and the the good that's within the heart of man, like Jack had totally lost that. And so the sword was like, all right, well, this, this no longer fits what you're all about. And then just, yeah, kind of faded out of existence. It seems. Yeah. Eh, fine. Sure. I, I like that much <laughs> I kind more. Of do, yeah. I like that a lot more than just, Oh, Jack dropped his sword in a yeah. very big hole. I think I think I might have preferred if like the sword was down there, but it was like now dull or broken or something like that could have been the sword too. itself is now like not what it was because he wasn't worthy of it anymore. Are we going to have a problem comparing this sword story to the one that was in the Samurai Jack comic books that we loved so much? I think yes, that's going to be a problem. That will be a problem. I've already got thoughts. It's not canonical, Brendan. You can't even consider it. I know. I but just, it was so well it done. It was so much better. <laughs> it was very, very well done. I know. I understand. But they had more time. You know, this is one single episode. They had a whole yeah. comics arc. They had all it's like fine. they had like ten pages. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like they, they had. Yeah, they did have a whole like few issues. But I'm talking about like the actual. I know. I know. All right, we'll get to it. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, 
yes, the sword is just straight up gone. There's nothing here to recover. Um, they fly up out of the pit, and that bird flies away. And Jack says to Ashi that he needs to go somewhere. And Ashi says she wants to go with him, but Jack says, no, you can't. I have to do this alone. But Brendan, he's not really going anywhere. He just sits down on the edge of the mountaintop and starts meditating. And Ashi's like, oh, never yeah. mind. Um, one thing I want to note is he thanks the bird. And then Ashi says, ah, yes, thank you to the bird. And the bird nuzzles her. I noticed uh, that as and well. And it does not do that for Jack. So it seems that she has some sort of like connection with with nature and animals that uh, Jack doesn't have. That is something I think they have been trying to set up mm -hmm. with Ashi for the last few episodes. Yeah. In a way that like, I don't feel like she's ever like acted in a way that suggests like, this is how animals should react to her. But I yeah. think they just want us to be like, Oh, Ashi loves animals and they love her in return. Yeah. I, and I, the only reason I bring it up is because it could pay off in some way at some point. Um, I don't know if it will, but it seems to be something that they're trying to push. So it seemed worth noting. They could have some kind of Dr. Doolittle hijinks that ensue. Yeah, or like the final battle, she like calls all her Disney princess animal friends. They come running over the that hill. That would be amazing. You know, I don't know, but it seems like, like I said, they're 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 drawing attention to this. So it seems like they're setting it up for something. And I want to point it out just in case they either do or even if they don't, then we can complain about them spending time setting it up. Just a bunch of snakes come out and start biting Aku's ankles. <laughs> that would be good. That would be enough to take him down, I Probably, think. Probably, yeah. It'd be enough to take me down. If a bunch of snakes came in my room and started to do it, we'd have to shut this podcast right down. <laughs> I could not continue. <laughs> um, well, we'll see if that happens. <laughs> uh, yes, Jack sits and meditates, and Ashi just kind of hangs around, waiting for however long this is going to take. Um. She's looking out across the wasteland surrounding the mountain, and suddenly there's the sound of footsteps in the distance, and from beyond some other mountains, there's this big army of dark soldiers that starts marching in, um, and Ashi gets all angry, and it zooms in on her eyes, and Brendan, they give Ashi the Samurai Jack furrowed brow treatment as it dramatically cuts to commercial, which I think rules. Yeah, they did that. Yeah, again, I, that speaks to my fear of what they're doing. <laughs> I know this. Yeah, it plays directly into your fan theory that you do not want to see happen. But I, I thought it was really cool, and she deserves it. It was Come cool. On. Yeah, it was cool. She deserves it. Her her fight in this episode is also very cool. It's extremely cool. And if <laughs> they do the thing that you don't want them to do, I mean, this episode makes it seem like that could be okay. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll find out. Um, cuts back from commercial and Jack is sitting cross-legged in meditation. He's going on his own kind of spiritual journey inside. He's having like an internal Twin Peaks, the return episode eight kind of going on. <laughs> yep. Yep. If that seems fair. I guess, yeah, um, I guess kind of. <laughs> there's like suns and moons and the cosmos just swirling all around behind him as he sits in meditation. Mm -hmm. And then there's a great flash of light and Jack opens his eyes and he's not sitting on top of that mountain anymore, but he's sitting in this beautiful field of lush green grass. Yeah. Yeah. He spends a little bit of time walking through the windows XP desktop. 
<laughs> yeah, literally that. Uh, well, we already had the screensaver a few weeks ago where he was running through the maze. So this is just a continuation on that theme. Um, this calming music starts to play. He stands up and walks through, yeah, just these rolling green hills. It is a very, very pretty scene, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, it looks like each blade of grass is, like, painted yeah. on the landscape. I like the way they did that. I was actually studying the grass while we were watching it, trying to see if I could tell how they did it. Did you fig- Did you figure it out? I think so. I think it's two different layers. Uh, there's mm. the green layer, and then there's, like, the yellowish kind of layer on top. Because the yellow parts move sometimes, and the green ones never really do. Digital artist Brendan Riley with his <laughs> expert opinions on digital art. I just just wanted to see, like, how would I recreate that if I were to? If I needed to make a episode of artwork <laughs> for a podcast episode, how could I pull that off? Yeah, I think I see what they did. Um, Jack reaches a short ledge just above a body of water in this space which is kind of hard to distinguish the water from the sky because it's all kind of bathed in the same like greenish light. Um, we're only able to tell that it's water because there's these stepping stones with ripples around them, kind of kind of in front of that ledge he's standing on. Um, and Jack leaps across those stones to a small wooden raft. And he steps onto the raft and sets out into the water. And the sun above him expands and sinks down in, into the water and he passes through it. He's going on this weird, trippy, spiritual journey right now. It's very cool. Yeah. Kind of weird that he knew to do this, um, considering he never had to do anything for the sword like this before. Well, so this is part of what I think is interesting about the way that Jack is trying to get his sword back is like he didn't know. He probably didn't know that he needed to do this until he went down into that pit and couldn't find the sword. Like he I, he definitely thought, oh, it's still physically there. I just have to go mm-hmm. get it. Um, but now he realizes, yeah, it's going to take a lot more because he know. I mean, I'm sure he knows. Well, he does know how the sword was formed. Yeah. He's talked about that. He's before. heard the whole story. Yeah. So he knows that if, if I'm going to get the sword back, it's not. Yeah. Literally not a matter of going and picking it up. Like I have to do. I got to figure some shit out with me. Yeah. So. But yeah, it it is the kind of thing that he could have done at any point and. We talked about at the end of the last episode how, you know, we were hoping that it wouldn't be too easy for Jack to get his sword back. Yeah, if he had just picked it up at the bottom of the pit, that would have been a little annoying. That would have sucked. So, yeah, he had to figure out that this was the way. Um, But he's on this journey. He's uh, sailing through like nighttime and he's now sailing across the clouds in like the night sky and some heavy drums come in to simulate thunder in the clouds, which is kind of a cool visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and he moves through this pink and blue fog and approaches a small Japanese-style building sitting in the middle of the water. Uh, he sails up to it, and on the dock, there's this short little monk who seems to be waiting for him. I like this guy. I like this guy a lot, too. He's not exactly stylized like any of the other monks that we've ever seen before because we've seen so many different monks on this show to this oh, point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But this is the monk within Jack's heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is Jack's monk. Yeah, this is Jack's ideal version of a monk. <laughs> the monk says to Jack, "Are you lost?" And Jack just says, "Yes." And the monk says, "Good. 
come make tea. Uh, Jack raises his eyebrows to that. Um, but it cuts back to the mountain and that huge army is starting to wake its, make its way up the mountain path. We get a good look at them now and they're these nasty looking goblin knights with spears and swords. Mm-hmm. I thought they were robots when they were approaching, like before we got a good look at them because of the, the way they sound when they're walking. I think it's just their armor though. But even historically, uh, we are looking at these goblin dudes and in the past they would have still been they would robots. have been robots yeah <laughs> but i was pretty they, confident that they were not robots this time they could look like anything and still be robots at the end of the day uh but ashi appears and stops them and she growls at them she says where do you think you're going and the leader of the army says, up the mountain to kill the samurai. What's it to you? <laughs> I love how, like, matter of fact he says it. Like, obviously, what, like, what's the matter? What's going on here? <laughs> Cut the bullshit. I'm going up the mountain. I also wonder how they knew that Jack was there. I don't know. That's fine. Yeah, that's a good question. Let's not ask it. <laughs> no, let's not get into it. <laughs> yes, they're going up to kill Jack. They just straight up say that to her. And uh, she says she's going to stop them. And the leader starts to laugh. And so does the rest of the army, which is good. They do a good gag of some goblins at the back of the pack who didn't hear what was so funny. Yeah, I liked that. Because uh, <laughs> that's what you, you imagine that only like the first few rows even heard what was happening. I think in the moment I wanted them to do this joke and then they did the joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, they are laughing right in Ashi's face, but she does not back down. So a little thing like you is going to stop this whole army, huh? Yep. We're going to rip you apart in a bunch of pieces, and then we're going to take those pieces and rip them apart into even more pieces. I'm waiting. Very badass. Fucking got him. <laughs> Very badass response. Ashi is... Stone cold. This does not phase her at oh, all. Oh, yeah. Um, and the goblin leader does not like that. And it charges straight for her and swings his sword. But Ashi dodges it and then just fucking cleans his clock. He gets a fist right in his teeth. Yep. And uh, she actually grabs him <laughs> and starts bulldozing her way through the army at full speed, just wiping them out in bunches. Like a like a. Like a warrior's game, a muso game, is that what they call them? Yeah. Yep. That's pretty much what it is. She's, She's just mowing down them. waves of them. <laughs> it's extremely good running at them at full speed. And they're falling off the mountain trail. Some of them are getting impaled on other goblins raised spears. <laughs> yep. Ashi has absolutely no reservations about killing all of these goblins in this army. Oh, and she's gonna. <laughs> and she'll fucking do it. Uh, she leaps into the middle of the army and starts just taking these chumps to fool school. Just absolutely devastating this army one by one. They mm -hmm. stand no chance. There's a good move of her snapping off the tips of some of the spears and then hucking them straight into their foreheads. <laughs> it's brutal. Big sprays of blood. Yeah, just glory kills. She's taking them out. Yeah, sprays of blood. So these are not robots. These are real organic creatures and she is murdering them. Yep, uh, and we get a lot of cool, like, freeze-frame punches, uh, just like the Powerpuff Girls is what it reminded me of, more than Samurai Jack. Uh, just, yeah. like, everyone making really pained faces with, like, little sprays of blood as she punches them in the face. There's some, yeah, really good action shots, mm -hmm. like, accentuating all of those, and yeah, she is really going for it. 
Um, she lets out this big guttural scream, which is funny because there's a smash cut from that directly to Jack and that monk in the house in total silence. Yep. It's very good. They do that several times for the rest of this episode is contrasting Jack's time with the monk with Ashi's like brutal battle with these goblins. It's it's a good bit. Kind of reminded me of uh, the scene in 2016's God of War when Kratos goes into like this tear in reality and is like spending time with his wife. And then he come back. He comes back out and Atreus is surrounded by dead bodies and just covered in blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like that sort of like contrasting thing. Yeah, it's <laughs> like night and day Jack's experience right now with Ashi's experience right now. Yeah. Um, but yes, Jack is with the monk in this building in total silence and he kneels before a Japanese tea set. He starts very delicately handling the instruments. And Brendan, I had previously said on this show that the scene of Jack preparing tea in Samurai versus Samurai was the most in- intricate scene in Samurai Jack history. Yeah. This just blows that way out of the water. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure this is a real ritual. I didn't look into it at yeah. all, but I, I believe this to be an actual like ritual of some sort. And they really go through every step of it here. Yes. Very delicately, like preparing the different instruments and like wiping down the different cups that each seem to have their own purpose. It's it. There's so many steps that what you just said is absolutely right. This has to be based on like a real tea making. Yeah. Like there's just no way it's not. Yeah. Very, very delicate, very meticulously crafted. This scene mm-hmm. was, I liked that a lot. Um, it cuts back to the fight. Ashi's fists are covered in just this thick red blood. Uh, she's going for it. She fucking, snaps some guy's arm clean off of his body. (laughs) (laughs) Just grabs it and rips it right off. Um, And yeah, more good action shots of her against this blood red backdrop. Um, Really intense scene, which again cuts right back to Jack in a very calm scene, making his tea, very calmly brewing it. And he puts all the ingredients in a cup. He pours some hot water over it and he serves the tea to the monk who slowly brings the cup up to his lips. And it jumps back to Ashi in the battlefield, which is the fight is now over. It's just littered with goblin corpses, and she's standing there breathing heavily caked in goblin blood. (laughs) She killed every one of them. She killed every last one of them in the entire army all by herself. Very quickly, too. Just like we knew she could. She had it in her all along. Um... Although, you know, I don't know, there are moments on the show in the past where Jack has been overwhelmed by too many enemies. I think of Jack and the Scotsman 2, where they had the Celtic demons and they had resigned themselves to die because there were so many of them. Yeah, which is still weird to me. Ashi would not do such a thing. No, Ashi would go out fighting. She'd be happy to do it just to help protect Jack. Um, But no, that is not a concern. She's killed them all. (laughs) Um. She looks back towards the mountain and sees one last figure running up the mountain trail. So she makes a mad dash towards the mountain and lets out a whistle. And Brendan, our friend, the gigantic pigeon is back. I love it. Twice in one episode. Can you believe it? Hell yeah. Swoops in and carries her up to the mountaintop very quickly. And we're on the mountaintop and we see a black arrow poking out from behind one of these stone monoliths. And Ashi sees this and swings her way out of the bird's talons, 
Just as that arrow is let loose in Jack's direction, Jack's sitting there in meditation, completely unaware of what's going on around him. Mm -hmm. That arrow flies to him, but Ashi plucks it out of the air. And as she does this, a flurry of arrows reigns in. And Ashi has to grab a big stone slab and block those arrows from herself and from Jack. I'm in this moment, I'm like wondering who is capable of even doing this, because certainly not one of these goblins could. I immediately thought of uh, the blind archers, actually. As did I. I was like, why would they be here, though? And why would they be attacking Jack? They're the we only characters. already established in the previous episode that they would help him. <laughs> they just they just said that they liked him. What yeah. happened between <laughs> then and now to make them do this? Yeah, I your your mind can't help but go to the three blind archers when you see that many arrows coming in. But it just didn't make any sense. Um, real quick, I also really loved the framing when uh, Ashi picks up the the slab and like holds it above her. Uh, it's we get a, a shot from the side of her in like this action pose, like holding up this slab, and it's just barely covering Jack. And like the arrows just hit the ground all around them. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Um, she tosses that slab aside, and from behind that monolith walks out a very recognizable figure. Brendan, it is Ashi's mother, the high priestess. I went. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> she is still alive, isn't she? <laughs> and that's a, it's this point in the episode that I realized this is an Ashi episode. <laughs> it sure is, baby. <laughs> Not that there's a problem with it, because this is all good shit. No, this is also very good. Yeah. Uh, Ashi is stunned. Mother, I knew you would fail us. You were the strongest, but the most unfocused. Always distracted, questioning everything. But all that can change. You can still honor our Lord Father. Destroy the samurai, Ashi. But of course, Ashi has gone through far too much change in the last few episodes to mm. agree to do something like this. That's She's past that, Brendan. Yeah, we're done with that now. I'm I've moved on from those moody years in my life and I'm I've got a new lease on life. I've I've seen the light. Uh, she tells her mother that, you know, Jack showed me the truth and all you ever did was lie to me about the way things are. But now I can see everything. And the high priestess says to her, then you, too, will die. Very Hell scary. Yeah. <laughs> she swings at Ashi with that dagger, but Ashi kicks her away. And the high priestess stands up and sheds the big black cloak that she was wearing, revealing her jet black body, which, Brendan, we will remember, is not a skin suit. It's nope. just blackened coal on her actual skin. <laughs> it's just burned skin. She's just burned herself very badly many, many times throughout her entire life. Yep. Uh, brutal. Uh, Ashi, <laughs> also brutal, <laughs> Ashi reaches down and breaks off the horn from the baby ram skull beneath her feet. Yeah. <laughs> That's the weapon that she chooses? That's fucking gruesome. It is. Uh, although, what else are you going to grab? There's not that much around. Well, there's so many arrows, and she does use one of them later. She could have just picked up a few. I guess so, yeah. I don't know. Instead, she has to further rub salt in the wound of this adorable dead creature. Desecrate this poor little thing. Which is, yeah, now just a skull, which also 
we didn't mention before, like, we're not really sure how long ago that scene of Jack, like, killing them. We're not sure exactly when that took place mm-hmm. in comparison to now. But it was long enough for, like, those ram bodies to fully decompose and mm-hmm. leave only bones behind. I'm not Each sure how skull. long that takes. I don't think it would take that long. Well, the one in the hole maybe would, would have taken longer. But the ones up top, out in the sun, in the desert, probably wouldn't have taken that long. That's true. That is um, true. Still probably a, a number of years, I would say. It's been a while. Yeah. Anyway. But they, uh, she grabs that horn and she's ready to fight. And there's a standoff. But then they leap into battle. They spar for a bit. But then the high priestess rushes towards Jack and Ashi grabs her by the leg and pulls her away just as she's about to bury that dagger in Jack's back. And uh, they fight back and forth. They strike at each other for a while. They're both very acrobatic fighters, which is fun to watch. You also have to consider, like, oh, she learned everything she knows from the High Priestess, too. So yeah. they have, like, kind of the same style. Um, but we did see in episode, was it two or one, when Ashi is killing the other uh, elders in the whatever their cult tribe thing is. The daughters of Aku. Yeah. When they're, when they're doing like their final test on the way up, like that little mountain inside the cave, she is taking down the other elders pretty easily. That is true. So we, we Uh, know that she's capable. Uh, We, we never did get to see the high priestess fight though. So we don't know what she's capable of. Right. And if she's the leader, we'd think maybe she's capable of a little bit more. Um, Yeah. I guess we're seeing that as much as, you know, we get to see it in this moment. Um, but they fight each other for a little while. Um, there's a cool sequence of the two of them standing on opposite sides of one of these tall monoliths and they take turns stabbing at each other through the stone and like dodging out of the way with their keen senses, which I think is pretty cool. That was kind of fun. Although I will point out that the stab holes that the priestess puts in the stone first are gone when Ashi is stabbing back through. Mm, That's fair. That is a fair point. Yeah. But well, that's all. That's all. Maybe they were two different monoliths. They went from that one to another one. <laughs> they, they quick time dodge rolled to the next one. <laughs> that was, yeah, deleted, deleted scene, them moving. <laughs> um, the high priestess leaps out and she whips her dagger at Jack, but Ashi snipes it out of the air with a ram's horn and they punch at each other some more. And the high priestess accuses Ashi of abandoning her family and letting Jack kill her sisters, which is kind of a fair point. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) She does have a point. She did kind of do both of those things. Should (laughs) she have? Mm, Yes. Yeah. It worked out. I can understand being upset if you're the high priestess Mm. in this situation, but you know, there's no room for the weak. Uh, That's a room that that's a rule that they established themselves. I actually should have said that at the end of this fight. Really missed opportunity there. Yeah, like a cool, and then put on sunglasses. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that would have been radical. Uh, no, unfortunately, they didn't do that. She just kind of <laughs> faints. We'll get to it. <laughs> um, yeah, she accuses Ashi of all of these things, and Ashi says, no, you're the one who killed them. She says, we were only born to kill, and that our fate was sealed the day we were born. And... As she's saying this, a monolith crumbles behind her and pins her down. And the high priestess is free to approach Jack now. And she says, the samurai must die at any cost. And 
She's got these like razor sharp claws coming out of her fingers now, which is spooky. Yeah. Um, But she runs and leaps at Jack with these claws and Ashi manages to break free and pick up one of those arrows lying next to her and hurls it through the air like a javelin. And sure enough, it pierces right through the high priestess in a series of very dramatic comic book panel shots. Yep, we, we see the same scene, I want to say four times, at of least the, of the arrow going through her. Because, like, right through her back and out her chest. Yep, they really linger on that for a while. Just, yeah, repeatedly <laughs> plunging right through her torso. Um, just to let you know, she's dead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, she did it. Um, the high priestess flies over Jack's head and then plummets off the side of the mountain, and Ashi has saved Jack's life and her own, but she collapses from the exhaustion of the fight. Yeah, she had done a lot of fighting just now. She's done a ton of fighting. She's uh, killed a lot of people. Sense. Yeah. She's got to be exhausted. I was exhausted just watching the damn thing. Yeah. Well, she's earned a little nap. She's going to take it right <laughs> now. Um, it cuts back to the monk sipping Jack's tea, and he just... Very curtly says, this is terrible. I love that. (laughs) Jack is so disheartened. His face sinks. He's like, oh, man, I tried really hard. (laughs) Got to be a long time since Jack's made a cup of tea in this exact That's what I was thinking, actually. I was like, it's been like 50 years since he's done this ritual, probably. But even, you know, maybe who knows where he even learned how to do that originally. He might have been a child. His yeah, home. He, he might never have know. mastered it. Well, he didn't make a good one <laughs> this time around. And that monk just lets him know that straight to his face. He says, this is terrible. And uh, says to him that the tea is missing the most important ingredient of all, which is balance. And he tells Jack that the path to his sword is clouded. And Jack gets all frustrated and begs him to show him the way. But the monk says it's not up to him to show Jack his own path. And as he says this, the most distorted and villainous version of inner Jack we have seen yet appears in the room beside them. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's actually, right when it appears, there's a very good shot of it that he's doing like this, this pretty hilarious, like angry face at the monk just standing behind Jack. I liked that a lot. I almost grabbed a screenshot, but I was too late. So I'll have to go back for it. There's a lot of really good angry faces in this particular scene. Yeah, this is the most like outlandish, cartoony villain version of the inner Jack that I think we've seen mm. to this point. Um, and he appears beside Jack and gets all angry at the monk and calls what he said fortune cookie nonsense, which I think <laughs> is good. It is good. Um I was confused for a minute here. Uh, I think I answered it myself just now in my head. I wasn't sure if the monk could see Angry Jack, but then it just dawned on me that the monk also doesn't exist, so he probably can. Yep. (laughs) I had the same thought and then the same realization while I was watching the episode. I'm like, oh, well, they're probably all in the room actually together, but there is no room. But there is no room. There is no monk. There is no Angry Jack. There is no tea. There yeah. is none, none of this. <laughs> so I think that, yes, in fact, the monk can see the angry Jack. I think so as well. Um, but the angry Jack, he is right in the monk's face and demanding that he show him the path to the sword. 
and the uh, monk says to them, you know, if you need, if you want this, you're going to have to earn it, which of course this enrages that inner version of Jack even more. Mm -hmm. And he says, you know, have I not already earned it with all the suffering I've gone through and shouts right in the monk's face. And he says, who are you to deny us what is rightfully ours? Which kind of gives you a, a vision of how this version of Jack feels about like the sword and his destiny. Like he feels like it belongs to him. Like it, it, it should be his no matter what, like nobody can keep that away from him, which yeah, I don't know. is not a, not a way that Jack probably would normally feel himself, but this, this version of him has kept him back and, and has filled his head with these thoughts, which is, yeah, which is the problem. Yep. Uh, I also think it's very interesting that this version of Jack uh, refers to himself and regular Jack as separate things. He says it's ours, like us, we did this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then Jack does it too. He he eventually says you uh, in reference to that other Jack. So I think there's some sort of weird disconnect that I don't know should be there. Because it's not a different person. It's like a different part of Jack, but it seems odd that they're talking about it like they're separate people. Well, it is kind of that split personality that he's had like mm. throughout this season to this point, like talking to actual different versions of himself, like having conversations and like those other versions, like commanding Jack to do something. But it is just him, like mm. you just said. Um, so it's like. Even with what Jack will say here next, it's like this other guy is keeping Jack back from being like who he should be. Like he's the one who's causing the issues for him. So like Jack admitting to himself, like I am more than this. Like I am not that. That's not me. Like I am yeah. good. I, I don't see myself in this way. So it is kind of it is interesting that they refer to themselves in that way, just like you said. But it does kind of make sense with what's been yeah. set up for sure. Yeah, I just thought that was a. Uh Something to note. For sure. Um, but the uh, inner version of Jack, he gets all mad and reaches his hand back to strike the monk, but Jack grabs it out of the air. Enough. We have lost the sword because of you. I have kept us alive. He's the one who has taken it from us. He knows where it is. No. I've let you consume me for far too long. You're in my way. The angry version of Jack smacks Jack away through a wall across the room. And Jack collects himself and gets up and he says that the inner version of himself has kept the past hidden with all of his anger and frustrations. And that inner version of Jack calls him a fool. And then, Brendan, this scene is very badass and it's a very good line. Jack says to him, He's got his eyes closed and he says, you have blinded us, but now I can see. And he opens up his eyes and they're glowing with like this electric energy. Yeah. And that energy bursts out of his eyes and blasts the angry version of Jack into oblivion. He shouts as he's completely vaporized by Jack's laser eyes. It's very cool. Yeah. He says, you need me. He does not need him anymore. Nope. He blasts him out of existence with his cool new Laser eye powers. With the power of self-actualization. <laughs> he did it. Congratulations, Jack. You made it. <laughs> uh, Jack has conquered his inner demons, which is good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're happy to see he's moved on. And that monk acknowledges that as well. 
he very calmly says to Jack, now you are balanced. And in a flash, Jack is swept away from the scene and Brendan, he's floating in the orangey cosmic star field we haven't seen since the birth of evil parts one and two. Yep. And yes, he is standing before the gods Odin and Ra and Rama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're back. Fuck yeah. And this is where I was a little disappointed that they didn't put him through any trials. <laughs> well, okay. So that's referring back to, yes, the, the comic, Samurai Jack yeah. comic books, which was really cool. It did kind of a similar thing, just not in the same. It didn't. Jack didn't have to go on like a huge inner spiritual journey, but literally had to go through like trials that the gods set him on. Mm -hmm. You can go back and listen to that bonus episode if you want to hear how that kind of panned out. And they both pay off this very much the same way where he has now earned the sword. Right. That was just maybe, I don't know. Yeah, maybe a more interesting way to do it. But it was it's just a different way. I think they're both satisfying. I think they're both pretty good. Yeah, this this confronting his inner demons and like, Becoming a better version of himself is definitely something that needed to happen, uh, given what has been going on in the show up to this point. I just thought that the trials were so much cooler. <laughs> they were really cool. Yeah, they were really <laughs> badass. Um, we, we can't have it all, Brendan. No, is, not, not with that attitude. Samurai Jack Legends is what we, we call that. <laughs> that's, not with it, that's not in fiction. Um, but... It was still very good. But yes, here we are. We're floating in that space with the gods and the gods address Jack and they tell him, like your father, you have been chosen to stop a force of ultimate evil. And Rama, in a much more appropriate voice than the last time we saw him, <laughs> says uh, to Jack, you are worthy. I actually thought his voice sounded very much like somebody doing a Beatles impression in this episode. Hmm, interesting. It sounded like a, a shitty Liverpool accent. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to go back and listen to that again, but um, I think it would be funny yeah, if it was just like someone doing like a Ringo. Yeah, that's, that's what it sounded like to me. I was like, what the fuck is that? It's less uh, offensive, but... But, but maybe more confusing. But maybe, yeah, maybe also less fitting. <laughs> <laughs> it's different anyway, and I feel I feel better about it. It doesn't make me go, hmm. So I guess it's fine. Uh, but yes, it says to Jack, you are worthy. And then beams of light shoot from the god's eyes and envelop Jack, who contorts his body and screams just as his father did many years ago. Pretty much the exact same fucking thing. Yep. He uh, now, instead of being given a badass white suit of samurai armor, Jack is instantly transformed into his old familiar self, clean shaven, tidy hair. And he's got that good old gi. It's back. Uh, this I thought was really stupid. <laughs> I, did, what? I did not like that. <laughs> it was the I mean, they, they kept the gi with the sword. Uh, so we can kind of assume that maybe he, when when his father got the suit of armor, he was also wearing the gi underneath it, <laughs> and that it is part of it. But, like, the weird random makeover when they give him his sword back, I just, I don't know what that's about. That, that was weird to me. Uh, and the fact that it actually happened is also weird to me. <laughs> 
they're returning him to, you know, the state where he was worthy. He had become unworthy. <laughs> now they're returning him back to, yes, this was when you were upholding all of those virtues and being the man that you were supposed to be and earning the right to use the sword. So they're literally transforming him back into that version. Um, but it does look extremely silly for them to do that too. Like, this, and- like tattered version of Jack being like, oh, just just kidding. You're Samurai Jack again. In a Sailor Moon style transformation. <laughs> it was pretty silly, but I also liked it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. In any case, Samurai Jack is back, baby. <laughs> Here he is. He does still look a little weird and off model compared to what we're used to, but we'll get used to it hopefully in the next few episodes. We're going to have to. We're going to have to just move past it anyway. A magnificent glowing sword floats down to him, and Jack sees himself in the blade And he closes his eyes and reaches up and grabs the sword and holds it high above his head. Brendan, Samurai Jack is back and so is his sword. Hell yeah. Do you think it's literally the same sword or do you think they made a new one? I think it's a new one. Well, no, because somebody had to forge it last time. When we saw it made originally, there were the monks that actually like went through the act of forging it. Yeah. So maybe it is the same sword. Maybe they took it to their realm. For safekeeping and are giving it back to him now. That's what I would guess. I would guess, yeah, it was not forged. Although they did zap him with the light. Like, mm. that's kind of, I feel like, where the sword came from. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, yeah, whatever it is, I do think this is where the show did it a little better than the comic. Where in the comic, I think he pulls it from his chest or something like that. He has an alien chest burster that busts out of him with a golden hand holding on yeah, to his sword. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, I think this is a little better than that. Um, so, yeah, either way, I, I, they, I think it's probably the same sword, though. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought so, too. Imbued with his spirit now, though, rather than his father's. Right. Um, he has earned this of his own accord. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's got the sword. He's holding it high above his head. And it fades back to the real world where, yes, Jack is standing in the same exact pose with the sword held high above his head and he's in his classic look. So, yeah, that transitioned from his inner version to the actual version. I wonder what that looked like. Like if Ashi hadn't been passed out and was watching this, what would she have seen happen just then? (laughs) Unfortunately, Brendan, the tree fell in the woods on this one. So we're never (laughs) going to know. We will Wild. not know how that, that re- actually panned out. I really out. want to know what it looked like. Did he just suddenly look like the new Jack? Did he like glow and do that transformation? It was just like a blink, like an instant. Like there yeah. was no. He was sitting uh, down in the next instant. He's standing up in a different outfit with his hair cut. <laughs> <laughs> I know if somebody had watched that, it would have been bewildering, I would say. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we don't get to know. But here's Jack. He's back. He's got his sword. He's got his gi. He's looking good. And Brendan, this next part is just pornography, as they very much linger on Jack sheathing his sword all cool style. Yeah, they do. <laughs> you watch it and you go, oh, fuck, yes. Oh, there it is. <laughs> that one is for the fans, 1,000%. <laughs> oh, yeah. So good. This is Jack. He turns and looks to Ashi and gasps as he sees that she's lying face down amidst the rubble from her fight. And he runs over to her and picks her up. She wakes up in his arms and she 
questions if it's really him because this is not the man that she was just looking at a few hours ago. No, she's never seen him like this. No, this is this is all new to her unless they had like a Polaroid in the cave of like, by the way, we've never actually shown you what he looks like. So we better help you figure <laughs> it out before you just go out and kill everybody in the world. There's something like a wall, like a, a, a clue board with like pictures <laughs> of Jack and bits of string. Connecting. Of, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bits of string and like a big question mark written right in the middle of the board. <laughs> he assures Ashi, yes, this is me. She smiles at him and she says, oh, you got your sword. She says, oh, and a shave and a haircut. Mm, mm. Well, well, well. Ooh, la, la. Somebody is looking fresh as hell. <laughs> try, might try to break me off a little piece of that later. <laughs> uh, and Jack says, oh, well, I noticed you've been busy as he looks around at like all of the arrows and stuff. And there's a quick shot of. The mounds of dead goblins at the bottom of the mountain. I literally, <laughs> when Jack said that, like, I wonder if he would have the same, like, little cutesy reaction if he walked down the mountain and saw the <laughs> legions of dead soldiers littering a battlefield. Like, if he would have been like, ooh, I can see you've been up to something <laughs> as well. Ooh, someone's been a busy girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we're not going to get to see his reaction to that, unfortunately, but... Um, it does show one of the goblins who has a spear stuck in his gut and he lets out a little, oh, ow, it hurts, <laughs> which is very good. But yes, Jack is back. Ashi is with him. And there's kind of a dumb cliffhanger as Ashi says to him. So what's next? Which she's now said multiple weeks in, in a, a row, row at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's really kind of a lazy way to set up what comes next. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. All Jack says to her is, Aku. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. What about him? I don't know. We're going to find out, but it's not going to be this week because that's the end of the episode. Oh, hell yeah. Brendan, what did you think of the quest of Jack's sword return? I don't remember what the unofficial title was, but it was something like that. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> what did you think? I thought it was good. I liked this one a lot. Um, I've liked every episode this season a lot, I think. Um I, it was a good, like, it kind of wrapped up Ashi's story, I think, in a way that almost feels a bit anticlimactic, because she just, like, chucks an arrow, <laughs> and it's over. Um, but it, it is a good way to, like, wrap up her story and get the sword back all at once, to have her, like, fighting to defend Jack while he goes on his spiritual journey. Um it does show that Ashi is a very capable warrior, because, like, we know that she was trained to kill, but... The only time we really saw her fight anyone was fighting Jack, and he pretty much just kicked the shit out of them all after the first time when they kind of kicked the shit out of him. This kind of reestablishes her, like, street cred. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She is capable. She does know what she's doing. She just can't take down Jack because nobody can. Um, Yeah, so I thought that was very fun. Uh, It felt like a good pace for what they were doing for getting the sword back. Because, like, very quickly in the episode, they go to the bottom of the hole, and I was sitting there like, oh, my God, I hope that this sword's not just, like, sticking out of the ground or something. Um, so it, it felt like it it really used the time of the episode to to really flesh out the whole journey that he had to go on. And the, the cutting back and forth, like, comparing the scenes was a really fun way to do that, too. Once again... My thoughts on an episode in this season pretty much mirror yours. We I've both been enjoying these a lot. Yeah. Um, which has been 
really nice. Um, yeah, this episode I thought was great. I, I think, you know, we had to go on a, a, some sort of quest to recover Jack's sword. We knew we were going to have to do that at some point. And I think it's much more interesting for Jack to have to go on this sort of internal journey to overcome the things that are keeping him from like deserving the sword. Mm -hmm. I think it's much more interesting for him to kind of go through those struggles himself than rather have them go fight like dragons and demons and climb a castle to get to the place where Jack physically dropped his sword. Like that's just not. Yeah, no, that's, that would be lame. Um, I'm glad they didn't do that. I was a little worried that they might, um, but I think this was a much better way to handle it. Yeah, this makes much more sense for the character and for like the established like rules of the sword and what the sword kind of symbolizes. Like this was the right way to do that, I feel. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so very satisfied with all that. And yeah, everything with Ashi in this episode, just like you said, it is a good way to kind of like tie up a lot of her loose ends, mm. um, which is good. And kind of like now we get to see like with Ashi now unencumbered from like all of her baggage, like. What does she mean to Jack and what does she mean in this world and like Jack's quest to like defeat Aku? Like what where where now can she stand as far as all that's concerned without having mm. to worry about her past? Um, so that's good. And then everything in her actual fight with the goblins was extremely badass. Uh, she like establishing herself as like a excellent fighter that we kind of knew she could be all along. But now we really get to see it. Um, but like she's got. The sweet side with animals, but also like a bloodthirsty rage when it comes to fighting <laughs> yeah. off enemies and like protecting Samurai Jack. So it's kind of fun to see her. Yeah. Like with those two contrasting elements to her character. Yeah. Um, very good. Uh, although I think now my theory of her possibly being somehow Jack's daughter might be dead. Uh, because I think that reveal would have had to have come from the priestess. Yeah. You would think they would save something like that for her. Yeah, uh, so I think it. I think it's still possible, but I think maybe that has less uh, weight now than it did before. Well, that's all right, Brendan. You tried. You can't win them all. Yep. I also don't want that to be true now because no, they keep no, making bedroom no. eyes at each other. Yeah, um, I. That's just not. <laughs> it's not fun if it no. ends that way. It's just <laughs> unsettling. They wouldn't do that on a show like Samurai Jack. Uh, Although, no, you never know. They, they, they kind of did it once with Aku. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's fair. They did kind of do something like that. Well, hopefully that is not the case. I kind of know if that is the case or not, and I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, yes, Jack and Ashi are now free to kind of like move forward. They've got all of Ashi shit out of the way. They've got all of Jack shit out of the way, like all of his internal problems that he's having and like the actual external problem where he did not have his sword, which he needed. Like that's all wrapped up. So yeah, from from this point forward, I mean, this was episode seven of the season, I believe. So yep. now we've got three episodes left to kind of see how this whole thing wraps up. Brendan, I, I would ask you, but I already know that you are definitely feeling very excited for. Oh, yeah. Comes yeah. Forward. I'm really interested to see now that he's got his sword and now that he's specifically said that the next thing they want to do is go after Aku. I'm interested to see if the next three episodes are all that like. Or, or how they how they pace that next, like, final leg of the journey out over the remaining hour and a half of the show. Or 60 minutes, I guess, if they're 27-minute episodes. Yeah, no, that is, it, it is interesting. And yeah, it's, it's like I just said, like, we, 
now we're at the point where we can just strictly move forward. So yep. we can like worry about Aku. Like if the final battle is Aku and Jack trying to get back to the past, whatever that means, like now we can actually do the damn thing. So yep. we're going to do it. Uh, it occurs to me, though, that we didn't see Scaramouche in this episode. So we could have a whole episode of him trying to get back to Aku. He is still on that mission. He is the only person who knows that Jack didn't have his sword, although now he does. So he's going to deliver some bad intel. Which to I, I think is the point, And I'm excited for that. <laughs> There's going to be some really good humor, I think, associated with that when yeah. Scaramouche has to yeah, get his comeuppance. It's going to be good. Yep, I'm uh, looking forward to it. That was episode 98 of Samurai Jack. Hell yeah. As we have done in each episode so far this season, thumbs up all around from the two hosts of this show. Yep. We're enjoying it. I hope everyone else out there is enjoying it. They can let us know if they're enjoying it in certain ways by sending us an email, just like the one we got this week. Email. Email. I kind of danced along to the song that time yeah, the way that did, I don't usually do. <laughs> uh, it's not maybe, a very danceable song, though. Maybe one day I'll make it through without laughing. Uh, unlikely. This, unlikely, yeah. <laughs> this email is from Avery, uh, who has been pretty active on Instagram, but I believe this is the first email we've gotten from them. Thank um, you, Avery. Much appreciated. Yeah, we love hearing from people. Uh, Avery says, the dogs y'all talked about in your newest podcast episode, being the last one. Uh, do reference some Hanna-Barbera characters. Uh, the Bulldog, which is the one I think that speaks, uh, references Spike from Tom and Jerry, who is just like the big bulldog, and he's got like his little bulldog son. Um, the gray shaggy dog, which is to the left of Spike in the scene, uh, is one of the dog characters from Gendy Tartakovsky's Two Stupid Dogs, which sounds vaguely familiar. I don't know that I ever actually saw it. I, when I saw a picture of it, I went, oh, this was a thing I think I've seen in the mm. past. I recognize the character for sure, but I don't think I ever actually saw the show. Uh, and the last one, the one on the right, which I believe we also said this in the episode, is Astro from the Jetsons. That one was immediately recognizable. Very much uh, so. For both of us, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Avery just wrote in to, to give us that little fun fact, that little tidbit, kind of like the uh, the horse on the train in Couple on a Train. Uh, it's fun to see these little other characters sneaking in as little cameos. Well, so, Brendan, I've I've sent you a uh, screen grab from the episode we watched last time and then also some images of the characters that Avery mentioned in the email. Um, does this all kind of check out to you, this this info that we've gotten? I would say yes. I think it, it mostly does. does. Yeah, definitely. The two stupid dogs. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yep. That one I definitely see. Spike the Bulldog, I I can't think of any other character right off the bat that that would make more sense than the the character in the Samurai Jack episode is a little more gruff and has like facial yeah. hair, which is weird for a dog. He's just a bit uh yeah, meaner looking, I think, but I think that makes sense. I was trying to place it last time and I think this is the character where I like that I got closest to with like, yeah, maybe it's this one. Okay. Um, so I think that checks out for me because that's where I went as well. And then Astro is obviously Astro. <laughs> yeah, it is just funny that <laughs> Astro is like immediately recognizable without having to look anything up. And then the other two characters are like, I don't know. Um, but I think Avery has given us some solid. I think so. Intel yeah. here. So that is much appreciated. 
Yeah, so thank you, Avery, uh, for writing in. If anyone else has an email they want to send in, they can do so at gotarecap at gmail.com. Yes. You can also uh, join us and Avery on Instagram at gotarecap. We are also on uh, Twitter. It's, yep. it's called Twitter. That's the name of that social media. Uh, we're at gotarecap on there as well. Uh, you can find some clips from our show on YouTube. Uh, just search gotarecap. I don't know the best way to find that otherwise. Good enough. Uh, we're on Facebook if you want to join us there. Um you can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, pretty much anywhere that you find your podcast. Leave a five-star review if you could. Tell all your friends about it. Uh, we're quickly wrapping up, so the more people we can get on board before the end, the better. Um, I think that's all of the social media, but coming up, we will have our uh, season review. If you want to write in about your top episodes from the season, keeping in mind that we still have three that we have not seen uh, so please no spoilers, or if you're going to, at least in the subject line of your email, warn us that there were spoilers inside so we can avoid it until the time is right. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We can include that in our rankings episode. Uh, and pretty much anything else you might want to say, go ahead and say it. Did I miss anything, <laughs> Nick? No, no, I think you pretty much got all of it. The other, uh, only other thing that I just thought of was, uh, along the lines of our season ending recap that we do at the end of each season, uh, we're still kind of figuring out what we want to do for like maybe like an overall Samurai Jack kind of ending thing, which we might do sometime after we're all done with this. Um, maybe another episode to release similar to those recap ranking ones. Um, so if anyone had any thoughts on like Samurai Jack as a whole that they wanted to be a part of that kind of show, you could reach out to us. Um, but that also gets a little murky when like, if you just want to email us about Samurai Jack in general, just go ahead and do it. And we will probably read that on the show. But just, just another thing to keep in mind is we'll be having another episode sort of like that, but we're still figuring out what that's even going to be. So yeah, yep. but we'll get there. There's time. I can assure you, we will not be going over every single episode in the show. Oh, God, no. We God, already done did that. that. Yeah. We've done it. Please, I can't speak about Jack, the monks, and the ancient master's son <laughs> another time. Oh, well, bad news. It's going on my list. Only four or five times in this one episode can I refer to them. I simply can't do it again. Oh, and then actually one last thing, I guess. As for what we we are quickly approaching the end of this show, and we have been talking about what we're going to do. Uh, we had mentioned before, if you've got like a single episode of a show you want us to check out, anything like that, you can drop those to us and maybe we'll do like a special episode where we just look at one episode of a show, take like a get a little taste for it. And while we try to figure out what we're going to do uh, in the longer term, let us know what you would like to see. And perhaps that's something we'll do on this show. We are here to serve the people. Mm hmm. Brendan, you've done an excellent job, but you're not done with the episode closing duties. Oh, uh, sorry. I was going on a bit of a journey there in the episode ending uh, yes. <laughs> duties. Um, just like Jack went on a journey in this episode. Uh, yes. And I think at this point, I got to find some balance in my life and stop recording the episode. And go to bed. <laughs> and go to bed. <laughs> Uh, Brendan, we we will all be taking our individual journeys now with that excellent send off. So thank you very much for that. 
And uh, we will see everybody next week for episode 99. Oh, my God. Of Samurai Jack. I know. Insanity. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.